Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Furioso and I am a very happy man because Arsenal have beaten Manchester City. We're going to talk all about that but as always to my left Nolan the wingback was cracking. Hey I mean like you said Gunners finally got the better seat. Yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited this is by far the top story in the Premier League because honestly I think this result has blown the league wide open arsenal and spurs remain the only two undefeated clubs in the premier league and this match had a little bit of everything it had caginess had defensive masterclass performances it had you know passing it had controversial referee decisions and it had a goal that was so obnoxiously hilarious mm -hmm. that it only could have happened in this match nolan first before we get into some of the details what are your general assessments of this match because this was huge for arsenal yeah i honestly think that the the match was back and forth you did see a good amount of city in the first half just kind of getting on the front foot you saw arsenal trying to punch back and it was one of those matches that the best way i want to describe it is it was a heavyweight bout where whoever got that last punch was going to ultimately probably win yeah uh, it didn't feel like a nil nil at the end basically i'd agree with that i'd agree that it didn't feel like a nil nil it felt like there was a goal in it especially in that second half i think the first half was very much so a chess match between pep and and arteta uh both teams seemed like they didn't didn't necessarily want to make the first mistake Arsenal started a little shaky in that first 12 or so minutes. Um, you had Nathan Ake, who was free at the back post and, and couldn't bury, uh, couldn't bury a, a corner kick attempt. And then Julian Alvarez pressed uh, Raya into almost uh, uh, deflecting the ball into the net. And so Manchester City actually had, I would say, a really good first quarter of the match. But it seemed like as time went on, Arsenal just grew and grew and grew and grew. And honestly, the moment to me that defined the match is that Arsenal was on an attack. They gave up the ball at the top of the box. And I, I believe it was, I believe it was Bernardo Silva who put a ball through and Haaland only has to beat William Saliba. He's the last man back. He's on his horse. So, I mean, he he's going. He's in full flight. If Saliba doesn't do something, Holland is in on goal, and he's going to score. Saliba just puts a body on him, knocks Holland over, which we do not see. Ever. Ever. And I think that was the moment. I mean, it woke the crowd up. It brought everybody into the match. And I think that was the moment that allowed Arsenal to have that belief that, wait a minute, we could get into this match. Uh, and, and eventually, and eventually they did. Yeah. And I think that, um, when I look at it, you know, Arsenal had 12 shots. Um, they had two on target. That was important to City's four, uh, total shots. And Haaland didn't really get a chance, like you said, to really get into the match. And I think that with the, um, subtraction of KDB, uh, Kevin De Bruyne in the starting lineup, as well as Rodri, you're starting to see these teams, the longer they go into the match, you know, kind of there with City. They say, you know what, maybe this can be our day. And I think that the goal um, kind of towards the end of the match showed that. Yeah, and, 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 you know, looking at that goal, the goal is put together by all four subs that yeah. Mikel Arteta put out onto the field. 
no Saka for this match for Arsenal. We already talked about no KDB and no Rodri for Manchester City. But no Saka meant that uh, Gabriel Jesus had to start on the right-hand side with Enketia up the middle and Trossard on the left. Didn't really quite work no. in that first half. So Arteta makes a massive, for lack of a better term, is a ballsy call. Yeah. It was a ballsy call. Damn, son. Where'd you find this? And what he decided to do was to put on uh, Tomiyasu, Kai Havertz, Gabriel Martinelli, and uh, Thomas Partey. And all four of them connect for the game-winning goal. Yeah. And it was beautiful because you had Partey who, you know, is coming back, um, getting into the rhythm of things, and he plays a beautiful long ball, which I think is really crucial for Arsenal at times, especially at the end. He's one of those players that is going to play those longer He's balls, those dangerous pass. passes. Yeah. And you saw um, Tommy also bring it down beautifully in the box, pass it back to Kai Havertz, who does pay that back pass to Martinelli, which, again, getting into the box, getting into those dangerous areas allows you to make a chance like what Martinelli created for the shot. Yeah, ball goes off of uh, Nathan Nake's face. Uh, it ends up and ends up going in. The 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 great part about it too, and I've said this, you know, to many uh, of 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 folks who ask me about Arsenal. Tomiyasu to me is such a versatile and yet underutilized player. I mean, he did suffer from some injuries for a couple seasons at Arsenal, but when you watch him play for Japan, he is everywhere. Yeah, I mean everywhere in his own half he could play center back he could play as a five he could play on either wing uh in terms of uh in terms of playing fullback he is easily our most versatile player and i say our because i am an arsenal fan so yeah. i'm gonna just i'm gonna just put that out there everybody knows that about me but i'm gonna just say it because i'm a basket in this this is great yeah but he's versatile and his ability to just make that decision to make that late run into the box and support uh, Martinelli and Havertz from that long ball, I don't think you could have drew it up better than that. Uh, and it was a massive win for Arsenal. But I want to talk a little bit about Manchester City because you brought this up and you say you think that teams that are, that are hanging with Manchester City are starting to have a belief that maybe they could get a win. They've now lost twice and drawn once. This is not the type of play that we are used to from Manchester City. How do you know what Holland's XG was in a, that match? No, I don't. Zero point zero zero. Wow, has that ever happened? No. <laughs> it is the lowest attempt of shots Pep Guardiola has ever registered as Manchester City manager. And I don't think Holland has ever been held to zero point zero zero XG. That is the thing I'm talking about. You talk about defensive master class, and you don't get to see that every day. Yeah. For me, Manchester City, and I'm going to ask you a very serious question. Manchester City, we had a discussion early in the season where I said, I think the loss of Gundogan is going to be way more vital than I think people are saying. Kevin De Bruyne out with, you know, Terrible, terrible, ha the, the hamstring that really won't get back healthy. I'm not sure if we will see Kevin De Bruyne be the same player that he was. Right. Rodri out for disciplinary issues, red card, suspension. Without those two players, wh who was the creative force right. for Manchester City? And yeah, and I think that that is one of the issues 
for them is that you have Kovacic, who got into trouble in this match, um, could have been a red card for the tackle that he did make. When something like that happens, that only compounds the issues like you're saying, which is having these players that you know leave the club, the ideas are still there for City. There's always going to be City. But it was sometimes just the personalities and just those moments of brilliance from those players um, that does matter. So when you have Bernardo Silva, you know, kind of playing through him not having that, you know, partnership of someone that's going in and just getting the scrappy passes, getting in there like Gundogan would make. Um, Phil Foden sometimes shows brightness. Sometimes he, you know, falls back a little bit. You just see these moments where once Highline can't get service, it is tough for them. Yeah, and, and I'm going to say this right now for, for Manchester City and Manchester City fans. I feel like we don't talk a lot about City because they're just so imperious most of the time. Phil, Phil Foden's got to step up. Mm-hmm. There's never been a time for Phil Foden to go into this team and say, this is my team. Yep, He's he's an academy kid, been there for years and years and years, talked about as being one of the greatest talents in England right now. Mm-hmm. Well, right now he being overshadowed by both Saka and Jude Bellingham. Yeah. And if we're and if we gonna keep it funky, right, you still got Trent in the mix. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, you you have a player like Foden who is so, so naturally talented and naturally gifted. He is not going into these matches and taking over. Yeah, and I would even argue Doku's on the same team doing very well right now, playing off the wings, on the front foot, just like he's supposed to be doing. Exactly. So for me, I look at Manchester City, I look at Pep, I look at the personnel that they have, and I say, yes, they are going to be in the title race. They probably are still the favorites. It's Manchester City. But at the end of the day, you look at a match like this, you look at the match that they lost at Wolves, there's vulnerabilities in this team, some pretty glaring ones. Yeah. And, you know, I think we've done nothing but prove that Rodri is easily the most important player to this team by far. Yes. And a lot of people, quiet as it kept, we're going to talk about Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Look at that position. Hold on, the five slot, holding midfielder. There's another very important holding midfielder from Pep Guardiola team that became transformative by the name of Sergi Busquets, who pretty much helped define the role uh, alongside Claude McKaylele before him. Mm-hmm. But define that role. And Pep has to have a transformative holding midfielder in that slot in order for his system to work. He needs that fulcrum. He did not have it in this match, and they lost. He did not have it against Wolves, and they lost. Yeah. And I think that the ideas are always there for Pep. But again, like you said, for the players, for the formation, um, they have to step up. And I feel like when you look at, again, Highline, when he's not able to get on it, you start to see how much Pep is relying on Highline to just be that natural talent. And I think that now he may have to take a step back to the drum board and say, okay, when it's not going that way, when it's not just servicing to Highline where they're in the air on the ground, who can step up and who can get these balls? Julian Alvarez has to learn how to pass not just score. Yes. If he's going to play in that slot, he's got to be creative. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to kind of look at him and not say, not criticize him too much because he ends up getting big goals and big games at big moments. He's a clutch player, fantastic player. But if you're going to play where KDB plays, you got to be able to provide the ball to, to, to Erling Brown Holland. Mm-hmm. And if he's not scoring, you're looking at a team that may be under some massive pressure this season to win the league. Uh, other results in the Premier League. Manchester United. 
Fergie Look time? at these guys. Fergie time? Fergie time? McTominay time. <laughs> Scott McTominay comes on in the 87th minute and gets a double. <laughs> wow. I mean. You wouldn't have saw that coming. Damn, son. Where'd you find this? I don't think anybody really saw that result coming. Um, and I think the crazy part about it is, you know, when you look at how, man, you played most of the match, like you said, for I think the word of the day is cagey. You know, they're playing a team that you would think they should be on paper. Brentford kind of falling off in form recently. Um, man, you had 21 shots. They had a line share of most of the, the game, but they could not score. And you watch some heads drop. And then the hero, <laughs> Scott Matamani, doesn't even come on on the you know, 65th, 70th minute, you know, when most subs come on. He came on in the 87th minute and scored a great goal in the box, as well as a header assisted by Maguire. <laughs> to win the game. Listen, this is a good win. Don't get me wrong. A win is a win. You will take all three points against whoever. It does not matter. This win does still does not make me feel confident for Manchester United. And call me whatever. I don't care. Yeah. But I look at this win and I go, okay, this is no diss to Scott McTominay. But you're depending on Scott McTominay. To come in and win matches for you against Brentford at home. Yeah. What are what's happening? Uh, what's happening? Well, what I look at, when you look at offensively, Rashford still not having the confidence. He's not looking good on the wings. Um I ain't gonna lie, I'm getting cooked. Bruno Fernandez just seems very disinterested. I ain't gonna lie, I'm getting cooked. Mason Mount missing shots on goal. <laughs> <laughs> Casemiro still looking old. It's bad. Amrabat, you know, he he looks okay at times, but again. It's only his third day out here. Well, when we're cheering for Harry Maguire, I think that's the issues here, you know, that we're really getting back to is that Harry Maguire is arguably one of the best players on the pitch for Man U again. It's it's pretty bad. It's, <laughs> so it's I agree with you. It's bad news. <laughs> it's bad news. And, you know, listen, Manchester United fans, they're going to to look at this and they're going to say, listen, we will take the points. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I agree, and that's wonderful. But at the same time, there are still some glaring issues here with this team. I don't think there's any hope for them in the Champions League, so we might as well throw that out. Maybe a cup run somewhere, but I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing the cohesiveness with this team that there needs to be. And I know earlier I said uh, on a previous show, I said I think Chelsea is in more trouble because they've already thrown money at the issue. Mm. Well, to me, Chelsea is is starting, that, that youth is starting to gain a little bit of belief and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about Chelsea later on in the show, but I think I'm starting to see more belief from Chelsea. I'm starting to see things click. I'm not saying they'll get out of mid-table. I'm not saying they'll go and challenge for any of the European slots. But it's a team that I'm starting to see more from, whether as with Manchester United. Um, I, the, the late game heroics on this one, I, I'm, I, I'm not feeling it. I'm not seeing it. Yeah, no, and I definitely understand. I think one of the the, the things for Man U right now, I, I don't look at Scott McTominay as someone that would ever, you know, fix what Man U has going on, not at all. But I think something that is noteworthy, um, Scott McTominay did start as a striker in his younger days. So did Ayrton Hag play him in that more um, forward positioning? Maybe not. Maybe that's just him saying, you know what, I'm about to get forward. I'm in the game. I want to go. But what I did like about Scott Montgomery was that he brought that ball down with, 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 with almost with, like, you know, I'm scoring today. With purpose. And I think that that's what's important about Man U. That's what Man U used to stand for is 
no matter what the score is, when it gets time at the end, you know what? Who are we? We're man you. We go out and get it. We only So, again, yeah. not saying that this is a pivotal moment, but I think that this is a win that you get at home against a team that you should have beaten in the first place. And you say, you know what? This could be something to build off. Maybe I have something to look forward to. <laughs> Maybe. But that is going to be that for part one of Football Furioso. We'll be right back talking about more matches in the Premier League as well as, uh, you know, what Chelsea has been up to, as we mentioned earlier. So stick around. We got more Football Furioso coming up. Welcome back to Football Furioso. Soccer at the speed of sound. Your host, Norris Howard, here alongside my brother, Nolan the Wing, back. And, you know, the, the we, we talk a lot about how the mid-table is, is a mess and, and the top four has been blown wide open, but you got two teams who are vying for those European spots in Brighton and Liverpool who drew, drewed, who who went and played to a draw 2-2. Nolan, give me your assessment of, of this match because I know you've been very high on Brighton and you've been following Liverpool a little bit more closely than I have. Uh, what is What has been your sort of uh, response to this match? Um, when I watched this match, because I did watch most of it, um, you look at two teams that have the exact same play style, which is press high, um, get the ball back, get the ball out from your feet, out to your forward players. And what I saw was about an even match, to be honest. It was a fair result. Um, you saw 14 shots for each side. Possession was fairly even as well. A lot of attacking chances, especially from the wings. But I do think that a little bit of the difference for me in this match is that when Liverpool are on that front foot and they believe, you see a difference between that versus when a team scores a goal. Right? I feel like before Liverpool were saying, hey, this is we're Liverpool, we're going to take the game by scruff of the neck. Brighton are a team that were not afraid of Liverpool, and they play up to their competition. I think that that was the key for this match, because as Liverpool went up, um, they were down early, uh, uh, down 0-1, Early on, you saw Salah come back in the 45th minute with both a goal of his own and then a penalty in the 45th minute. Brighton came on the second half and said, we're not losing this match. And I think that that's what's important about, again, like you said, those European spots. These are the type of games that you need to win or at least draw to show that you do belong. Yeah, I mean, I'd be inclined to agree with that. I think my takeaway from the match, I think, was a little bit more negative um, from the sense of, of Liverpool because... Brighton is a very good team. It, arguably, I will say they're probably the best coach team in the Premier League outside of Manchester City. But again, take away the, the, the riches yeah. the, you know, that they have in terms of personnel. Um, but for me, I look at this match and I go, all right, Liverpool, you go up 2-1. Yes, it's going to be a tough match, but you probably should have the ability to lock this Brighton team down and, 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 and secure those three points. And I think, unfortunately, what I'm seeing from both squads is that they still got some defensive vulnerabilities here that I think we're not really addressing with either squad. I think we're looking at Liverpool, we're looking at, especially actually in the case of Liverpool, because they've spent, what, 25% of their matches a man down? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, Literally. so at that point, you know, you got to kind of give a little bit more credit to Liverpool by saying they've been able to get points or win out of those situations uh, where an average team probably would have just flat out lost those matches. Here, I think, was an opportunity for Liverpool to actually get all three points and go ahead. And, and I think it's a missed opportunity. 
Um, you know, for me, I think Van Dyke hasn't hit the heights that he hit. You know, I mean, the first goal was was sloppy play from him. And, you know, I look at Brighton, on the other hand, maybe not necessarily as fluid as we expected Brighton to be, but still doing the things that they need to do to be in the mix. Right. And, and for a team like Brighton, that's all you got to do. Yeah. Just be in the mix. Mm -hmm. Be in the mix. You know, you might be contending Champions League, Europa League. If you a Brighton and Hove Albion fan, you... Hey man, we in the mix. Yeah. We weren't even in the league five years ago. Right. And we in the mix. Yeah. And what I do like about Brighton as well, they get goals from places where maybe you wouldn't expect them to. Free kick, side of the box, whipped in, Lewis Dunk scores the equalizer. Yeah. Those are the type of goals that teams in that Europa League, Champions League spots get, whether it's a draw or the winning goal. Those are how you stay in the mix. And yeah, I think that that's what's important. Yes. And, and to, to piggyback off of Liverpool, what I do think is something as well to look at with the back line. Um, Andrew Robertson on that free kick seemed to pull out of his possible defensive duties on that free kick. I think he could have did a lot better. And when I look at that back for line of Robertson, Van Dyke, got Matip, of course, Alexander Arnold. Sometimes I do say maybe it does need a little bit of a shakeup and not in a bad way that they're not playing well because they are cohesive. But when it does go bad, it goes really bad. Real bad. And I think that those moments you're like, why wouldn't you get that? You know, you want all the defenders to be aggressive in the air back towards the goal. They have to get the ball. And I think that that was an issue in the game. Yeah. And, and obviously it sounds like we're being really harsh on Liverpool, but it's just when you have a team with that much talent and the ability to be challenging for titles and the ability to be going after it. Uh, in in the Champions League, well, for for them Europa League this season, um, it, it just feels like they're not quite hitting all the strides that they could. Right, uh, they're kind of pulling out results, and and I, I always think that that's um a bit a bit worrisome. Uh, going on to the rest of the league, Luton Town couldn't do it against Tottenham. A man up for almost half of the second half, almost 25% of this match. They couldn't do it. They couldn't even get a draw. Credit to Tottenham for being able to lock down and 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 actually get this win. Uh, a goal from uh, Mickey uh, Vandeven, who I think has been uh, imperious yes. for Tottenham this year. Uh, however, Luton... Uh, if you want to stay in the Premier League, these are matches you got to win. Yeah. You got to win them. You got to win them. Moving forward, Fulham beat Sheffield United 3-1. to one, And Chelsea, as we said earlier, four goals against Burnley. Burnley completely proving me wrong. Yeah. Uh, and completely coming out like a wet fart in the second half against Chelsea. Uh, you know, Raheem Sterling. We talked a lot about this, man, and a lot of it wasn't good. Mm -hmm. But you want to talk about a guy who said, nope, I'm yep. pulling this team up. I'm pulling this team into being a competitor, and that's what I want from him. He is the veteran. Him and Tiago Silva are the veterans, okay? As much as I love a, a, a captain defender in the back line screaming at folks and putting in challenges, you need a guy who will take the offensive responsibility. How many times in this match did you see Raheem Sterling pick up the ball from, from, from uh, midfield mm -hmm. and just make a charging run into the box unimpeded? 
or, you know, play a quick one-two and get in the box or have some slick footwork and being able to get into dangerous positions. This is the Raheem Sterling we know. Mm -hmm. This is the Raheem Sterling that played in Manchester City and won multiple championships with that squad. This is the Raheem Sterling we know is capable of being a top-flight quality player, and we finally saw him this weekend. And Sterling, for me, put in... I would say player of the weekend when it comes to the way that he got on the front foot for the entirety of the match, he had passes that normally he would play to someone that was overlapping behind him. He said, you know what? No, I'm going to take this ball, run into the box. And he ended up getting a penalty out of it. Yep. Um, scored the goal. Yeah. Got a goal in the match, but he set up so many more shots that, of course, won't show up necessarily. Even the on own the... goal came from from his aggression. Exactly. So even when you do have that where he's attacking on the front foot, that is, I think, where they can be the most dangerous. And I think that a lot of that comes from him saying, you know what, this is my team. I've been here virtually the longest. Now I have to be that person. And you saw others come up with them. Cole Palmer got a goal, who's seeming to be a mainstay in that starting 11 now. Um, and then Nicholas Jackson finally got another goal. So you're looking at the younger players looking at him and saying, you know what? If he can do it, I got to come up to his level. And I think that that's important. And sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes that's all you need is for one player to say, I ain't going out like this. Yep. That's all you need sometimes. Is somebody to be that guy. And I think with Chelsea, if Raheem Sterling could put together a couple weeks of those type of performances, uh, Chelsea may end up in better a, a better situation than what we previously thought. Now, they play Arsenal after the international break. I think that's going to be tough for them because mm. I still think that the midfield is a shambles, even though they spent, I don't know, the GDP of a small island nation on their midfield. Uh, but... For the rest of the season, I think if Raheem Sterling can be that guy, um, they may end up a little bit more competitive than we thought. Uh, Everton, 3-0 over Bournemouth. Bournemouth continuing to just plummet and plummet and plummet. Nil-nil yeah. between Crystal, Crystal Palace and Nottingham Forest. 2-2 uh, West Ham and Newcastle. Very interesting result there between two teams who probably at this point are battling for a Europa League spot goals from Thomas Suchek uh, and two from Alexander Isak, but a wonderful, wonderful last minute goal from Mohamed Kudus in that match. West Ham staying in the mix. Uh, and lastly, to round out the weekend's matches, uh, Wolves uh, draw with Ashton Villa, 1-1 sort of halting their uh, heights, uh, halting Ashton Villa's heights looking forward. Uh, but as it stands right now, as we go into the international break, uh, as we said earlier, Tottenham and Arsenal sitting one and two, the last remaining undefeated teams in the Premier League, Manchester City in third, Liverpool in fourth, and Ashton Villa in fifth. Uh, those are your European spots right now. Depending on the FA Cup results, there may actually be even a sixth slot. Uh, which would be Europa Conference League as well. You know, Nolan, looking at looking at the table, I won't ask you who is going who's going to win or or any of that kind of stuff. But looking at the table, mm -hmm. who's probably about to move up the most? Do you think? Um, when I look at it, honestly, I do still believe in Newcastle. I think that they're a pretty solid squad. 
the bench seeming to show up a little bit more than we both thought, whereas we, they didn't make a lot of moves this summer. I think if you look at some of their run of games leading into January, I think they had that, a tough schedule, though, to yeah, start. Yeah, they got a tough schedule. I just think that they have that, and I think that they will gain confidence from Champions League. And I think that they will they, you know, rest players here and there. Would it be easy? No. But I think that that grind come April, come the end of the season, will help them propel them up, I think, to about that five spot, maybe a four spot again. Yeah, for sure. But before we wrap up officially, we here at uh, Football Furioso, we owe Nolan an apology because we talk cash shit about <laughs> Newcastle not doing nothing in the Champions League, and here they are, top of their group. Leading the group. Top of the group of death. No, just saying. The last word. Just saying, you know, they're, they're, they're special. I think they're special. All right. Well, that's going to be it for Football Furioso.